Yes, Cassius Marcellus Clay is the new heavyweight champion of the world, boy. Yes, he is. And I don't even have yes, a strap on my face. Oh my goodness. Cash. Cash? What? Cash, what? Why am I so pretty? Welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says in the tin, it's best film ever. My name's Ian. And I'm Liam. And I'm Ethan. And that's right, we got ourselves a boys' night! Boys' night! (laughs) And if that sounds a little bit too put together, it's because it's our second go at this. (laughs) I'm going to own this. We got about 15 minutes into our episode, and I looked over and went, I don't think we've been recording anything yet. <laughs> Which actually, if you're going to do that, 15 minutes in isn't the worst that could have happened. No, yes, no. I'm so glad we didn't finish and go, no. guys, I got some news. I tell you what, I listened to some podcasts, post-wrestling especially, out of, out of Toronto, Canada, and they've gone on and said, you need to know, we've done two and a half hours and realized it didn't record. <laughs> and they've had to go back and do two and a half hours again. Jesus. Oh, Can God. you imagine? If we got to the end of yeah. Catch Me If You Can, and I went, Oh. <laughs> and the thing is there's going to be moments that's never going to be caught again. you can't and you can't you can try and replicate you, it but it, it wouldn't there was a bit no. where liam was singing and we didn't we haven't done that um <laughs> yeah. because you know singing for the blooper reel it would yeah this, this it, we're kind of free on that one it's the blooper you can't hear <laughs> but 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 such is uh so if you're if you're new to the format um what happens is this is called a see it or skip it episode where we look at something that's playing kind of currently and we sit down and we give it just a raw first view. We don't take any notes. All I've got beside me is a cast list. That's all I've got. I've taken no other notes. And we kind of go through a, we don't kind of, we go through a spoiler free mm-hmm. review at the start. Yeah. And then we give our verdict. Should you see it or should you skip it? Yep. And then after that, then we go into spoiler country and we clearly identify and we give you all the notice. You're not going to accidentally stumble into us spoiling the film for you. But then we give you the full spoiler. So if you've seen it and you want to hear our specific thoughts with with maybe key plot points that we're not going to bring up in a spoiler-free review. But most people will know of certain stories of certain characters, wouldn't they? Yeah, but I mean, this is the interesting thing about this film. This film, unlike Tenet, where we were like, what can we... That was a struggle. What can't... We were the same three of us. What can we talk about? And I was like, I don't know. That was was hard work. I think this one, actually, it's... it's, There's a a ton we can talk about and Mm -hmm. there's not as much... I mean, there'll be elements, but it doesn't feel like we're nearly as handcuffed as we were in in the other one. So that's the the, the format of this... uh, review style so uh on that note as well i think it's important to note off the start i mean why are we doing this well, we're doing this because one night in miami i mean it's got oscar buzz it, it's got buzz for, for for best picture as well as a bunch of other awards mm-hmm. therefore uh, it, it's worth talking about and just because um well in case you're, let me let me proceed this by going through the, the synopsis briefly which is uh, right from wikipedia Okay. One Night in Miami is a 2020 American drama about a fictionalized meeting of Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown, and Sam Cooke in a room at the Hampton House in February 1980, sorry, 1954, 1984. 64. Oh, 64. Jeez. I'm all over the place. My eyes need to check. Celebrating Ali's surprise title win 
over Sonny Liston. And mm. in essence, it's four leaders of various stages of their career or influence mm. in the African-American community talking about what does it mean to be a leader in the African-American community. Now, we are not members of that community. Nope. We sit here as three white guys, one from England, one from Canada, and one from New Zealand, I guess, originally, if you want yeah. to go around. Yeah. It's not our story. But then again, we are still the audience, and it's it's being offered up to a mainstream audience. And just because these aren't my stories doesn't mean I don't want to, or my ideologies, uh, doesn't mean I don't want to listen to them, uh, doesn't mean I don't want to learn from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't mean there's a, a film that we um, should choose to ignore. I think far from it, oh, no. very much the, the, the other side of it. And so although we will be discussing the ideologies each of these men present, and they are different, each of the four men, very, very different. Uh, we're not going to try for a minute to say which one's right or which one's wrong, because that's, no. that, 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 that's not our right to do that. No. So I think, uh, hopefully, what's coming across is the... the I think we're dealing with this film with, with, with all the respect in the world. Yep. So that's generally kind of what I wanted to start by by stating, but going, we're not going to prevent ourselves from having this discussion based on that. Uh, because I think, well, let's just talk about what, what we think. Ethan, let's start with you. General first thoughts on One Night in Miami? Um, I knew nothing about this film going into it. Uh, I like Wait, going like, into... F- like nothing. Nothing, nothing. Uh, I I like going in blind. I when I was no? back in Cambridge no. uh, for like education and stuff, there was a cinema really close to me, and I would just see a title go, sounds cool, walk in, know nothing, and have a great experience, depending. So this was similar to that. You just said, watch One Night in Miami. I put it on, went, I know that guy. Oh my god, this is going to be great. And I had a fantastic time. I love films that are like plays, and I think uh, getting to the end of it and seeing it was based on a play, maybe I go, oh yeah, of course. No wonder I love this. Um, but no, it was it was a great, great film and a great watch. I think it's deserving of all its Oscar buzz. Now, you had mentioned in the first draft of this oh, yeah. <laughs> um, who was one of the writers of the original play. Uh, yeah, so the original writer of this play, and I, I'm going to get his name because I don't want to butcher it, okay. um, but he was uh, the co-director and co-writer of Soul, uh, the Pixar film that we recorded on Talking the Mickey about two weeks ago. That's Talking uh, the Mickey, Kemp available Powers. on podcasters everywhere. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, uh, give a name again? Uh, Kemp Powers. Okay, excellent. Yeah. And so, yeah, we, we Fantastic ta- writer. We talked about it here, and we were like, it felt like, when this minute it came up, based on a play, I went, oh, that makes sense. Makes sense. Because it feels like a play. Mm-hmm. It feels like there's moments where you get the characters together and you get them apart and da 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 da, yeah, yeah. and, and characters are given a chance and some 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 nice, I mean, some well written dialogue. And this is a movie that's all about dialogue. It is, um, I like the Breakfast Club. And Breakfast Club is just people sitting around talking. Yeah, that's all that film is. There's yeah, very little yeah. plot. It's yeah. just a lot of people talking. Yeah, and this is, and I felt that felt like a play. And this felt like a play because it was a play i like those sorts of things i'm not really as bothered if we don't have uh unlike sam cook who was like wait we're just gonna sit here and talk all night i'm like i, I love that I party. i'm not like sam cook i'm like that's exactly what i want let's yeah, sit here and yeah. talk all night please so do you um, think they'll bring this over as a play what well, n- now that it's had this yeah yeah yeah. it's possible I would not be surprised if they did i think that would be a very likely possibility especially if it gets like a couple oscars mm. i'd go see it yeah, I guess it. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, so I think I think dialogue is really important in film. Like, I think it's more important than like probably cinematography at points because that is what gets you like hooked. Yeah, this film had like I'm not like shafting on the cinematography. Pretty basic shots at points, 
but I'm just engrossed because of the dialogue. Well, sitting around in a motel room isn't going to give you the opportunity yeah. to show off your cinematography. It's not that kind of film. No, 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 no. Nor will it be nominated for those sorts of awards. No. But there are awards that will be nominated for. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it's interesting because it, it definitely bases this. I was really surprised to read it was fictionalized because I'd kind of bought into the idea that this actually happened. Yeah. And I was like, wow. You got to take things with a pinch of salt because you got to think now. Well, I don't know about the Jim Brown guy. Okay. But these aren't, these aren't around anymore. So No, no. From I did do like a quick bit of a cheeky Google just about like the play itself. And the events happened, but it's just we don't know what happened in them so it's like oh to be a fly so in, the wall so, in that room so were the oh, four okay. of them actually in a room on that night yeah, yeah there's like oh okay like, i feel better when, now so when when uh malcolm x was like getting ready to take a photo i was like is that a real photo so i did like a, a google yeah. and i was like there is a photo of them in that bar at the end i'm over oh, the four of them okay interesting I said yeah. to you didn't i wouldn't it be nice to have had the photo yeah that, that would have been yeah, yeah it would have been a different message I, I i prefer the ending that they went with oh, okay. and we'll talk about that after the after the jump oh, okay. yeah so it's just like oh i think the uh camp's quote was just like oh to be a fl- uh, fly on the wall in that room during mm. that night because yeah. that was like one of the last nights i think it says hey. that they were together really all I know is that for three and a half hours, I listened to Lamar Odom Jr. say he wanted to be in the room where it happened. Yeah. <laughs> I am so proud of myself for that one. Well done, you. Well done, you. But, um, I mean, it's a, it's a film that's based on the enigma of, to be a fly on the wall, of these four great men. And I'm staring here at the movie poster on the Wikipedia page, and it plays itself off those four names. Malcolm X, mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali. Interesting, it's not Cassius Clay. Oh, yeah, exactly. Cause yeah, because he's Cassius Clay throughout the film, and Muhammad Ali's just part of the epilogue. I don't feel there's any spoilers in that. Yeah, but do you think that's because you know not many people would know who Cassius Clay is? See, I would know, but I'm a I sports would. fan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. I didn't. I didn't. The general okay. public um, wouldn't. Yeah. Where yeah. When Ali, I did my know. quick Google and it said Muhammad Ali, and I was like, when is Muhammad Ali shirt? Oh, I see. Yeah. And it was it was only then that went, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. And then exactly. uh, Jim Brown, former NFL American Here football I star. Who, I didn't know who that was. See, I knew him. I know a bit of his story. I didn't know the full extent of it. And Sam Cooke. Uh, yeah. Uh, who I knew nothing about. I know nothing about Sam Cooke. No. I, I know his music, but not his story. I don't know his music. Yeah, exactly. Well, as he's saying, I went, okay, I know that. Yeah. But I didn't know. You said Sam Cooke. I go, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. Uh, and so, uh, also interesting that it's a an, an Amazon Prime Prime Video direct to Amazon Studios release, mm-hmm. which is the only thing getting out there this year. Oh, really, it feels yeah. like. Um, and I felt guilty a little bit last year. I'm guilty is the right word. I, I I regretted the fact we didn't get a chance to look at some of the Oscar nominations that were. I don't know if the podcast was that. We started in March. I mean, I don't know if we, yeah. how, how long it would have been. Wow. But I really wanted to see more of the, the, the Oscar buzz ones. And so I figured, ah, we, we, we have an outlet for this. It makes a lot of sense to go ahead and give it, a, give it a look. So I think the best way to sort of tackle this at the start, as I check to make sure we're still recording, is to uh, go through our four main leads. Yeah, and just sort of talk about uh, their performances and how we felt um, how we felt they did. So let's just go. I'm gonna start at the top of the poster and work my way down. Cause I think it's the way to go. Way to go yeah. I, the first one you look at is the guy who played Malcolm X, and his name was Kingsley Ben Adir. And I thought he was brilliant. I yeah. also thought he had the most difficult job of the four men. Yes, he did. Because there, everyone. <laughs> There's a lot of yelling. Not all four of them yell, but there's a lot of yelling in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, at times, 
um, the part of Malcolm X was played with a quiet, simmering anger, but also this sense of heaviness and weight. And I could feel the weight upon him um, with a subtle nod um, to some foreboding. That's about as far as I'll go with it, with, with it at this point. But, but, but some foreboding and just the idea that he's got this several weights and several burdens on him and yet he's still trying to do the right thing himself and he's still trying to do the to talk other people into doing what he perceives the right thing to be even if at times he feels like he's shouting into the wind yeah i think at times he felt like he was wavering because you know he's only human at the end of the day you know and that is a lot of weight to carry yes and um i think he questions himself at times and to have other friends around you to support you some do and some waver themselves, you know, you start to think to yourself, can I take this challenge on? Can I do this? Am I better than people expect me to be? You know, I don't know. Do you believe, who, if you're not believing in yourself, how can you expect others to believe in you? A man of, presented here as a man of absolute principles. <sighs> absolute. Yeah. Absolute and principles. And of the guy. And held it to himself, to the people who he leads, yeah. to the people who were following him. And even if he doesn't believe in the people necessarily who are leading him, he still shows them respect in a public forum. Mm-hmm. Um, man. Um, but uh, just, uh, I think more than any other character, he's got a greater amount of range in his performance. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think there were more opportunities for quiet bits, angry bits, sad bits, happy bits. Mm-hmm. Um, Ethan, the first time around, I'll just throw it to you. You, you yeah. had mentioned something, so I'm going to throw it to you for this. Oh. Uh, sorry, I think we had a slight lag. Uh, so the first time through, you had, you had yeah. talked about him a bit, so I'm just going to throw back to you so you can sort of have another go at that if you want. Yeah, no, uh, I think his actor does a fantastic job. There is uh, a scene near the end where he goes from just screaming and shouting and he's full of pure ferocity to this quiet, subdued moment and then immediately changes to this, remembering this time back in Boston where he's just sort of laughing, telling a story. And it goes to the credit of his actor. And, like, I believe everything he says. I believe yeah. that he believes every word coming out of his mouth. Same. And it is such a powerful performance yeah yeah see i don't know the much back history of um malcolm x obviously i know bits about the civil rights movements and stuff so this is the this is the whole like um so whereas martin luther king believes in non-violence yeah like malcolm x says we are non-violent with those who are non-violent with us yeah and so yeah the idea of like how's non-violent working for the community it's not working you know we're no, but at, just, at some it point just, it just escalates you have to it? fight back you do have to fight back. and, and the, the question is which i mean it's two very different ideologies and the question is which one of the two are right because you can see flaws with both oh absolutely absolutely and so i think and i think the conversation we're having here on some level i mean it's the same conversations happen in the in, in, in the room in one night in miami when they're mm. going which one is the right you say it's this but have you thought about and yeah. you know i like the complexity of it the fact that it's not four different um, so it's not four people who are 100% on one path. That yeah, would be, yeah. or, or one ideology. Because it's not going to be as simple as one blanket ideology. It's going to no. be people with their own spin and take and what they of feel course. they're doing in the framework. Because no one wants to look in the mirror and consider themselves to be um, hurting rather than helping. Exactly. And, yeah. and that's the question they're all doing. They're all for moments having sort of the light brought up to them and going, you know, Am I helping here or, or am I hurting here? And what is the correct answer? 
because because I, I see the guy's passion. I see, I see so and I'm, all these things. I'm all and yeah. I, I'm just going. Off I'm trying to remember if we talked about do the right thing in this version or the previous version. <laughs> Uh, yeah. because i love do the right thing it's a film by spike lee which i haven't seen yet yeah it's all oh, it's we will be doing it at some okay. point because it's that good i taught it for the first time this year and um i'm so glad that i saw this uh and and um those two historical figures martin luther king jr and malcolm x become so important to the the figure of that narrative because the answer is which one of the two do you do and there are characters in that in that film who who adopt a more um, Martin Luther King Jr. approach, and there's mm-hmm. other characters who adopt a more Malcolm X approach. And see, I like to think I'm the more Martin Luther King approach. Yeah, where I'm more the Malcolm X approach, and violence don't solve violence, right? But there's also the idea that I, I, I never, I will never know what it's like to have some of these life experiences. No, we, ne- we never will. And so I don't know what it's like to be oppressed solely based on the color of my skin. No. I, 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 will, I will never know what that's like. I will never From understand. a me perspective, um, from like an LGBT perspective, Stonewall was just a riot, and we have rights now. So I think it sometimes it's necessary to, yeah. to bring it out there. If Stonewall didn't happen, God knows where, like my community would be yeah be, p- polite civil disobedience can only get you so far yeah, yeah is yeah, it, is, yeah, is one yeah, thought yeah. process yeah, yeah, yeah. uh I mean, we saw even even and we see this sort of complexity happening even to this day back to our film um we, we go ahead and we've got uh let's just go to the next one on the list shall we because it feels like his um protege throughout mm-hmm. this film seems yeah. to be muhammad ali cassius clay i've written down cassius clay on my notes good for me uh played <laughs> by eli gory i want to say it's eli gory or gory i don't know really how the pronunciation on that goes but um, I, I, I agree that is oh jeez <laughs> oh god i thought uh i thought his performance was very good as charismatic boxer muhammad ali um I don't know what to make of his performance as just Cassius in the room. But then again, he's he's a 22-year-old kid. thing is, not many people see the Cassius Clay, the Muhammad Ali, just man-to-man, face-to-face. They see the performance of Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. You don't see the behind-the-scenes. So for me, I don't know about the behind-the-scenes, why he was like, because I quite like this guy playing Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And there was like certain bits of his speech that sounded very much like Muhammad Ali. But in his like over showmanship of the performance of fights, I didn't feel he quite captured it. What in the ring? No, not. Oh, I loved quite. him in the ring. I, I, don't get me wrong; I, I enjoyed his performance. Yeah. But I, I've watched so many things with Muhammad Ali, especially like performances in boxing, and we watched match after match <laughs> after match, and seeing this guy perform and taunt his uh, opponents. This guy didn't have that same push and. He he just didn't quite capture it. I mean, you you said you were, you prefer the performance of Will Smith when he did Ali. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Now I haven't seen that. Uh, although he got three two and a half three hours to kind of develop yeah, that yeah, over the course yeah, of true. And this guy was, I mean, in many ways, Muhammad Ali, as weird as this sounds, Cassius Clay. I keep saying Muhammad Ali because it's on the poster. Yeah, yeah, yeah Cassius. Uh, Cassius Clay is very much a back player in this. Yeah, and he's I think he, he's hard to choose to fill anyway. Sorry, was that Ethan? I think it's almost purposeful because he's always in the background. You always see him. And I think that presence has then just shown that he's always around whenever Malcolm X is speaking because he's 
indoctrinating him into mm. the Church of Islam. And he also I mean, brings light relief to he does to the mm. group. I mean, he's the young man, and he's looking to these three older guys who he obviously respects, and he's just watching and learning, and he's trying to. The, the, the debate they're having is really like he's the one who's going to decide if he's going to change and if he's going to go ahead and be a Muslim tomorrow or not. Exactly, and come out to the world. And so it. he's watching the three of them, all of whom are influencing him in different ways. Uh, we've got Malcolm X, who is trying to teach him to go down to the nation of Islam and become mm-hmm. Muslim. We've got uh, Sam Cook, who's trying to basically tell him party, 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 yeah. and and and, <laughs> and and become a successful man, and that is enough in itself because that changes things. And then you've got Jim Brown, who's the athlete, mm-hmm. who we can go ahead and look and say, well, what do you think about this? And as a result, he's just he's very much the mediator. Well, he's the yeah. mediator. Who? Who is? The Jim. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll get to him. Oh, okay. Muhammad Ali's kind of the guy who's who they're fighting over because the idea about what does it mean to be a leader in that community, mm. you know, Muhammad Ali's the young man. He's there to step up, and there's a great scene when the, the other guy from the security detail comes in, and Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay, calls him a young man, and he has to be corrected. And to, actually, I'm two years older than you are. <laughs> and by 22 years of age, he's he's he's, he's conquered world, his sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what do you do next? Exactly. Yeah, so... <laughs> I guess so. Uh, I, I really, I see. I really like the box. I love a boxing movie, yes, but yeah. I really, I really enjoyed him as, especially in the ring, uh, a little bit. Whenever he went into that, in that Cassius, whenever he went into Super Boxer, mm-hmm. he he called it a wrestling persona. Actually, at one point, there was the yeah, whole and the whole Gorgeous George thing. True, true. I know that much. True story. Muhammad Ali did pattern himself after the wrestler Gorgeous George because he realized the showmanship of sport and what that can do to your bottom line. Mm-hmm. Uh, anytime he went down that road, I tended to pick up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, he's supposed to be a naive kid. So I'm okay. It's yeah. weird for someone with so much bravado. He is a naive kid. Yeah. It was funny because I know his actor from Riverdale. So I'm used to him playing like Wait, really? naive. Yeah, uh. he's Mad Dog in Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> I know all these actors from weird things. Really? Because I don't. Oh, wow. No, I don't yeah, either. no, it was weird. I was seeing all these actors like, oh, I know him from him. I know that from that. I know the, I know the director from this. It was was wild yeah Yeah. he's what i was gonna say he's great in riverdale he's good as someone can be in riverdale so seeing him do like have actual acting chops and something serious and powerful fantastic and to take on somebody that's a real life person you know it takes courage to to emulate that let's talk a bit about the guy who might be overlooked in all this which is uh aldous hodge who played jim brown yeah because i had no idea who Who i really liked in this film i did I really liked his performance. He was very level-headed in how he... He was! How he came across and how he thought. Go ahead, Ethan. That was needed. Like, he brings everything down to almost reality for the the audience, I guess. Like, he really sort of... He makes sense of everything, I think. He's great. Yeah, he's grounded. He's grounded. He's almost our surrogate in the room. He's kind of the one who's sitting there. He knows who he is. Mm -hmm. He knows who he is. There's no crisis of, 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 of conscience with, with Jim Brown. He's got himself figured out. There's that great scene near the beginning, isn't there, with um, Boo Bridges. Yeah, and I think certain elements oh, we can talk yeah, about that yeah, after yeah. the jump, I think. But there's a scene with Boo Bridges. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Like I think he handled that scene so well. It lets us sort of realize... That makes you realize how <sighs> level-headed he is. But it also realizes the problem. Yeah, More than any other scene, that scene shows oh, us the problem. That hit me like a brick wall. Yeah. and uh, But there's also a scene at the end where another character comes to him for advice mm. and um, basically asks him as the barometer and needs him to sort of 
you know, give him the approval in order to go, no, you're all right. Yeah. And that was, well, I'm going to cut that out now. Oh. <laughs> I, I purposely kept it vague. So we, oh, okay. um, that's the way he was hit. No, no, no. And oh, that okay. was, um, it's interesting. The, the weight and the power that he also has over the characters in that film. Yeah. yeah, yeah maybe not so much to it's like a guiding compass for him. Yeah. Maybe not so much to Malcolm X. Cause I think Malcolm X is Malcolm oh, X. Yeah, they realize yeah, yeah, you're yeah. over there being Malcolm X. And he's not going to waver from that. No, he's, he's principled to passion. You name principled it. to well, yeah. every fault. Yeah, yeah. I suppose. Uh, but we have in, in Jim Brown, we have kind of the, um, I don't know. I, I, I say we're grounded again. It just seems to be that was who, who he knew who he was. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then finally, after I'm going to make the joke, I said it before. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> this one, I listened to three and a half hours for Leslie Odom Jr. Talk about how he just wanted to be in the room where it happens. Well, you got it in this film. Leslie Odom Jr. Is Sam cook. Interesting. The one actor I knew playing the character. I didn't. Yeah. I really overlooked him in the first half of the film. I didn't think there was much to him. I think you're supposed to. Yeah. You can't have too much going on to concentrate on. It's not Game of Thrones. Do you know what I mean? It's it's a play, so you have to focus on certain people. Yeah, at so, certain times. Uh, yeah. yeah. So certain people are going to take certain back seats. So it, uh, you understand it more being a play when you hear it at the end. You understand why certain characters fell back a bit and took a back seat. Yeah. And he was one of these at the beginning. Ethan? I I mean I love Leslie Odom Jr. I think he's a fantastic actor and, and singer. I'm sung at all. I'm I'm really glad that he's you know making his way sort of in mainstream music right now. But he's he's great in this. He he really he steals it. And he he just he gave me this Sam Cooke aura the entire time. The second he's mm-hmm. on the screen, I go. I want, I want him in a Sam Cooke bio. Oh, really? I, yeah. I, I don't know Sam Cooke. He blew me away with his singing. He blew me away with it because Sam Cooke mm. has a superb voice. And to hear that guy sing, well. See, you should watch Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> you, get a lot, you get a lot more of him. Hummingbird is a fantastic song of his. Mm. Which one was that? Oh, uh, it's like one of the ones that he's released himself like as a as a oh, singer. okay yeah a non a non hamilton song he actually wrote a song that appeared I in the film i don't know if thing. it was over the end credits or something but he's 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 supposed to be a front runner for best original song in the oscars Ooh. for something that he wrote and sung in this film very nice but i think everything he did on stage was a uh was like actual sam cook yeah material yeah, so it must yeah, have been over yeah. the end credits yeah yeah, so, yeah. um I, I think we overlook him in the first half, and we need to because he is the foil and the counterpoint for Malcolm X. Yes. He's presented. He's the only one not staying at the Hampton. Mm-hmm. He's staying at the fancy hotel. He's staying at the white hotel mm-hmm. because booked by his manager. Because his manager booked it for him. Yeah. And there's the whole story there about what does it mean to entertain other audiences who just put you in a category for the night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, if, if you weren't, if you weren't Sam Cooke, how racist would these people be to you? Yeah. Well, the same thing happened to Nat King Cole though. And yeah. And it's kind of those questions about entertainers and going, what does it mean to ply your trade in front of an audience who, if it wasn't for, and and I'm sure athletes have this issue too. And, 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 and so what happens if it wasn't for your talent, how would these people actually treat you? How would bigoted people treat you if if not for that thing that makes you special. Mm-hmm. 
and um, really becomes the target of a lot when when Malcolm X is at his preachiest mm-hmm. in this film. It's yeah. almost always directed at Sam, Sam Cooke. Cook, because Sam Cooke's not the one on board. So it speaks to the power of music. Yeah, because Muhammad Ali is champion for one night. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what I mean. Like yeah, that yeah, night, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's good shit. music. Music is a legacy, but lasts a lot longer. A good song is an important song and a powerful song for a long time. Mm-hmm. And people invite it into their homes. They repeat it. It becomes these things become anthems. I do. And so there was a lot of questions and a lot of derision. A lot of actually for for someone who believed music was so important, um, Malcolm X spends a, a lot of time in this film tearing down Sam Cooke for being a pop singer. He does. He does. Mm. So it seems interesting that the ability to go ahead and punch someone, that's okay. The ability to run a football at someone, that's okay. But you sing a song and you entertain, that seemed to be layered with judgment. But so many people, it addresses it in the movie, there's so many people that use music as a platform for certain things to be said of that time, like Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan was uh, a Vietnam uh, correspondent, really. I mean, in a, he he sort of said what was going on at that time and making songs about the feeling of that time and how people were going through stuff. Okay. So, you know, that was quite, yeah. So, and I think Sam Cooke wanted to feel more like that towards stuff. And we, we have discussions about what does it mean? What does it mean if you can change things economically? Mm-hmm. Sam Cooke reveals how shrewd he is as a businessman. And this is great. This great debate. I love that scene. There's this. Yeah, it's a great scene. There's, I think I can, I can talk. There's a great debate about if you are a black artist and you release a song and it gets number 90 something on the charts and then you release it to a successful white act. Is that being uh, traitorous mm-hmm. to your community? And the answer was, according to sam cook was no, no because you know what gets you more money than writing a, a, the number 92 song but number one song yeah. which of course the song goes to and says like and then i take that money and i invest in black artists and yeah. i've started a label and i've done this and then at that point you know um, and he speaks of and it's almost martin luther king jr-esque when he says i hope there's not going to be a black chart and a white chart. Exactly. There's going to be one chart. And I'm thinking, because he's speaking to Malcolm X, there's a certain amount of, is he representing that mindset to a degree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to have seen Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr. in a room together. And there are films that sort of talk about things like that. This wasn't going to be it. No, 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 no. no. But he was that, that counterpoint for I, him. I think, there was, I think there was at least images of that being sort oh, yeah, of yeah. presented onto him. Ethan, you look like you want to say something. Oh, no, I, I think... I, I you know I'll say it anyway. I I do think he does represent I think a more nuanced approach to it. He's a lot more subdued in how he does it, but I think he also ha- he has regret as well. There's that there's a little scene uh, near the end with him and Jim Brown, and as he talks, he has a lot of regret I think in his voice and in his eyes. He's saying, I should I should have written that song. I I should have been the one one that made that song not the other guy and he talks about he talks about songs that he's written but not released yeah 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 and how he's been working on stuff and that's interesting there too so those are again he's feeling the movement and feeling the times isn't he 
Yeah, and I think he gets in the room and he really takes a gr- he really takes a grilling. So I think those are the four main leads, and I think we spent so long on them, and I think this will be the majority of our of our non spoiler sort of version of it. And I think it's because so much of this is it's four guys in a room talking, mm-hmm. and so more than anything else, um, I mean, I credit the director. Regina King, Regina King, don't really know. Regina King, Regina King. I know Regina. her from the Boondock, uh, from the Boondocks. She's one of the, she's two of the voices on that. Uh, she's also in the new Watchmen TV show that came out last year. Oh, uh, I think she's the lead in that, and she was also oh, Erica, yes. I think, in the Leftovers. This might be her first. Um, this is her debut. Her directorial debut on a yeah. feature. On a feature, she's oh, done wow. some TV directing. Yeah. So she, and you know what? To get these performances out of these four people and the overall, I mean, it, 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 it you, you, you yeah. got to give her credit. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, yeah. she's got she's got to have something to do with that. Mm-hmm. So um, fantastic job. So I, I don't think I think now's the time for for this part, and then we'll do the the, the uh, spoiler break. Um, I, I think it's just time for, for a verdict. See it or skip it, Liam. See it. See it. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's, it's an absolute see yeah. it for me. There's no... Tenet, we kind of went... like Tenet where you're like, oh, yeah. see it, but you might not like it. This you mean, you, you mean you Tenet? I'm going to let you go back in time and try that again. <laughs> never, <laughs> never. I'm, I'm staying on that right. hill. I'm dying on that hill. Uh, so, but, but no, unlike that, we're like, see it. But, yeah. No, this is like an enthusiastic see it. It's a really yeah. powerful, powerful film. And I'll say one that knew the note to get out on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. my word. Didn't a punch just... to my soul. Mm. Fantastic ending. A punch to my soul. Um, which is interesting because there isn't. Ugh, we'll talk about that after the break. So that is it from us. It's three enthusiastic see it's. If you are only here for the spoiler free version, this is your exit point. It is. In about 15 seconds, we will do a spoilery version of it. But that's it from us. Three see it's, no skip it's, and we'll catch you on the flippity flap. The flippity flip flop. And we are now in spoiler country. Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> spoiler. 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 All right. Okay. So, uh, should we talk about the ending? I think we should. I think it's a good place to start. Uh, yeah. 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 So, all the conversations, everything that happens, and then we end with this epilogue where we kind of get a glimpse into all four characters sort of imp- oh i'm actually gonna break my own rule here i want to go back at first and talk about the semen jim brown oh, okay i do want to do that because it's going to play with how i feel the end works oh, okay yeah, yeah. so we start because each character got their introductory scene as well mm-hmm. we see muhammad ali we see cassius clay fighting in Wembley. we see uh malcolm x doing a speech of some sort we see uh oh sam cook singing basically basically yeah. he's 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 bombing wherever yeah, yeah. he is he's bombing <laughs> Real bad. Yeah. And then, because they won't let his, his guitarist on the stage with him or something like that. No, he has to play with the white band instead of with his, his band. It's crazy. Uh, but we, the, the, the one that got, that sort of punched me in the soul the, the hardest oh, yeah. is the bit where he's with Bo Bridges. And we all oh. we know is that there are two families, we've been told, have always been there for each other. And Bo Bridges says it, and, and they're just sitting on the porch yeah. having, a, having some iced tea. And Bo Bridges is an, is an old man, but they're talking about how the two families have always taken together. And he goes, hey, I know you've had a hard time on the island, but I think I speak for a lot of people around here to say we love you. Da, 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 yeah. We find out they're in Georgia. And then there's this woman who comes out and says, you're going to help me move that furniture. And the old guy goes to get up. And Jim Brown's like, do you want me to give you a hand? Do you want me to give you a hand? 
and he says, he kind of smiles, goes, no, no, no. It's not like we're going to let a, and he drops the N-word yeah, in the house. And we're like, whoa. I had to rewind because I was like, there's no way he oh, said he did. That. Oh, he, did. he did. And I really... I, they I suckered me in with that scene. Of course he did. They suckered me in with that scene. Every time mm. he was talking, I was going, good on you. Yeah, there yeah. are people out there. Yeah. Good on you. Good on you. Well, first I was like, went, what? I was like, that's weirdly progressive for this time. I'm impressed. Yeah. And yeah. then that happened. It's like, oh, yeah. I've been lying. I mean, and he's saying, like, stop being so modest. You rushed for 1,830 yards. You are, and he's like, built, uh, yeah, you are. Really you built him up, didn't he? You don't have to be humble at all. No. Go ahead. You earned it. And then the, oh, my word. And then the clanger. So then we get to the end. That was definitely done purposeful, though. That, like, oh. that, it's, that it, it gives you that speed, not gives you the experience, but you see oh. which and, is what it's like. And it gets to the, because that's going to be the crux of the conversation. So I think his experience, more than anybody else's, spoke to the crux of their conversation with no matter what happens, um, there's still problems because the way the system works, even if you are successful, you'll mm-hmm. always be that word. Yep. To yep. some of them all, whatever it might yeah, yeah, yeah. be. So, the way um, he held it was so good. Well, he's just so quiet. And we see, yeah. like, I'm as stunned as he is. Like, it's just, I, I never shout out to Re- 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 Regina King because ne- oh, that scene got me. And me. I got me. It's like kicking the stomach. So at the end, I mean, we, we, we've got our four epilogue sort of scenes and we see him and he's gone to be a movie star. We found out. Mm-hmm. And um, he then, because the, the Cleveland Browns, his NFL team, are going to find him if he shows up late to training camp, he quits football. Mm. And the difference would be because he's, a conversation is a being you yeah you're a successful football player who makes a fair amount of money but the argument is you're still working for a white owner yeah and in a day you're just an employee lining someone else's pockets and not your own whereas on a movie set at least he can call his shots and i want to do that film i don't want to do that film i'm going to work here i'm not going to work here there's a certain amount of freedom in that and he quits and jim brown quits i think it's after six years only six years in the nfl wow and he was like super dominant and that's so he could have gone on to be like huge. Oh, huge! But there are people who still consider him the greatest football player of all time. Really, and the wow. greatest running back of all time. Yeah, wow. yeah. Wow, wow. Jim Jim Brown. He was the guy who came in, came out, and he was just like 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 a vapor. It was just he was here and then and, and, and then he was gone. Wow! But as long as he was there, he was the best player. So it must be hard to walk away from that. And then we get uh, Muhammad Ali's is pretty. He's, he becomes Muhammad Ali, mm-hmm. and he his big. I mean, the big debate of a night is will he convert. Mm-hmm. And he does, and he converts, and we see his conversion, and we see him change his name to Muhammad Ali. That's basically the end of his story, but his epilogue is quite... Uh, but then again, yeah, we yeah, know yeah. his story. He, more than anybody else, we know, we his, know story. his story. more than anyone, yeah. It does hit, because obviously there's a missing chair, and I'm assuming that's supposed to be where Malcolm X was supposed to have been. Oh, and that's him after leaving the yeah, nation. Yeah, yeah, yeah interesting. Yeah. And there's a great scene for that. We should met The scene where it's finally revealed, because we keep hearing that Malcolm X has a plan. Yeah. He's got a plan. He's got yeah. a plan. He's got a plan. And then uh, he reveals what it is, and it's that he's leaving the Nation of Islam after he spent months recruiting people, recruiting Muhammad, uh, Cassius Clay yeah, yeah. to join the Nation of Islam. And the anger in uh, Cassius's he felt betrayed, didn't face. He? he felt betrayed because you, know, you are talking to me to go, and make, to go in front of the world and the cameras and declare mm-hmm. this. Yeah. You know, and to align yourself with Malcolm X, who's been riling everybody up. Oh, yeah, big time. Like, you know, like, especially with someone who's media savvy mm-hmm. as Cassius Clay. I mean, that's a big ask. Yeah, and then to find out, and he feels like you've been taking advantage of me. You've been op- opportunistic. This is about your personal gain. And I thought, um, I thought 
Kingsley Benadir was was great in the way he said, if you feel that I've been opportunistic at all, then do not join, do yeah, not do convert. Not it, yeah. I thought it was a really no, was very genuine because you could have gone really angry, you could have gone yeah. shouty, you could have gone how dare you. you could, and part of that's the script, but a large part of that's the acting. Mm-hmm. So really well done, I thought. I thought so. And we haven't talked about the two guys who appear to be following him, and he's aware he's being followed. Oh yeah, yeah. Kingsley Ben Ben Benadir as Muhammad Ali, um, not Muhammad Ali as Malcolm X. Um, demonstrate and this heaviness and the idea that he feels even when everybody else is happy at the end when they're at the bar and they're all mm-hmm. celebrating he's still looking out the window and sees them i think i think and he then he's knew, is it sorry sorry i i think he knew his end was only one way well i think that's yeah i think that's what the movie's telling us yeah I think, I think i think he knew that you think what was that Lance Reddick's character at the end, like talking to those two guys? Yeah, it yeah. was. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know enough about the backstory. Is that? I I don't know enough. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's betrayed by his own people. The movie. No. The movie's making me think. Yeah, yeah. To find out more now. Mm. Yeah. Um. And so. And then we've got I think the two most important ones, and it's the characters who were bookended against each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have Sam Cooke on The Tonight Show, if I may say so, a really poor Johnny Carson Ed McMahon, especially Ed McMahon. Dreadful. Well, the guy didn't even look like Johnny Carson. If they hadn't said Johnny, I wouldn't yeah. have gotten there. <laughs> I just well, no, thought, they said true mannerisms, he did. Carson. And it was only yeah. when the credits played, they went, Oh yeah! Oh, I yeah. I thought it was some fictionalized show until they said Johnny. I'm like, really? The vocal wasn't bad, but he did nothing like him. Nothing like at all. Um, and so Sam sings his traditional song, goes over to the couch for a minute, and then is told, "You want to do one more?" And he goes, "I something I'm working on," which was great because we heard Mm -hmm. he was working on something. That great scene with Jim Brown, and it ties up. Yeah, I, I, when when the photo shoot's taking place down when when Muhammad Ali's con, uh, well, Cassius Clay saying he's converting, we have the two of them having their moment up on the balcony. Yeah, yeah. And this is the this is the the song he's been working on, and and he sings it, and it's uh, a long time coming. I think. Yeah, a long time coming, and there's a single tear that like comes down yeah, yeah, yeah. his his starting to come down his cheek as we go, and then watching it is Malcolm X, and Malcolm X is watching it from a motel room. Yeah, because he's yeah. Uh, there, there. There was there was like a, a petrol bomb, a petrol bomb thrown thrown through his window with some bad CGI fire. It was bad yeah, CGI. it was some bad CGI fire. Yeah, but um, I'd rather have them just thrown it, seen a little bit of a flame, and then the camera moved to his face and just see flickering. Yeah, rather than watch the house burn. I don't know what the budget was for this, but yeah, you know, it, it just it made it a little bit. Tacky. It took a little bit out of it, but um. And then was it was it, I think it's just this. Yeah, I think it's we get we get him we get um I'm Sam Cook singing and the tear come down and then we cut to Malcolm X who's just sort of sitting in in, in a in a vest yeah. uh or or tank top we might say in in North America. And he's there with his children, he's looking at his wife and the heaviness and then it just is it, is it here it just cuts to black? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. oh it was hard. Mm-hmm. And then we have the, the Chiron that says it's a, it's, a, it's a quote about now might be the time to be martyrs, and we find out he was two days later. Two yeah. days later, he dies. Mm-hmm. And something I thought they could have mentioned: Sam Cook dies ten months later as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Google oh, article I was reading was like, yeah, early. like the year after both Sam Cook and Malcolm X were, were murdered. I was like, oh, I didn't realize he yeah. was murdered as well. Yeah, he was shot in some weird motel thing. Oh, okay. Didn't I say to you? I said to you off. 
off air. I thought you thought that he died in some weird capacity. It yeah, wasn't yeah, the, yeah. The, the way you thought, no. but yeah, he does die young. So, uh, on a side note, the woman who uh, plays Sam Cooke's wife is Leslie Odom Jr.'s wife. Wow! Really? Yeah, that was a nice little touch. I that thought. is a lovely touch. Yeah, cool. I was. I thought that was a nice little touch. I did. I did. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Th- I mean, I don't know. What's people's favorite scene? I think it's hard because so much of it takes place in the um, room. And something the film did really well was bring them together, have something happen, and then split them apart. My favorite mm. scene was the scene that Ethan mentioned earlier, which was the ending when he's talking about Boston and going to see Sam Cooke. So even though he's, he's given Sam They Cook just had the big fight. Biggest fight. Yeah. Yeah. He's basically accused him of selling out his community. Yeah, yeah, basically. For personal gain. But then he then he says, you know, well, you never come to see me sing. And he goes, well, I have. I've come to see you five times. He said, you, he said, you, you came to see me once? He goes, no, not once. Yeah, yeah. And it counts them on his fingers. There's <laughs> five, even Boston. And then, and then he says, you know, uh, that was a fun... I was really appreciative for, for, for the flashback at this point. Yeah. Because no, yeah. we've been in the room a long time. You, you needed the flashback yeah. Yeah. to describe the story too. Because you need to get that feeling of what was going on. Because just just saying it and describing it isn't the same as watching it and seeing it. I'd love to see how that's staged, like in the actual play. I th- I, don't even, I don't even know what you do. Uh, I imagine you have to do it without obviously any sort of audience. I think it's just him playing mm-hmm. to the empty thing. But we get the idea that um, Malcolm X is in the back of this theater, mm-hmm. and the the power has been cut because. Um, Sam Cooke's uh, opening act has bribed the sound man to kill the uh, to kill the sound. Uh, what was he? Was his name? Oh. I don't know. But Sam Jackie, Jackie Wilson. Jackie Wilson. But yeah. Sam Cooke has decided. So he has to. He's losing the crowd. It's a raucous crowd, and so he gets them to start sort of shuffling their feet and singing along with them. Mm-hmm. And so he starts singing over the top of it. Um, and as he's singing it. Um, we get Malcolm. We get it from his perspective, and I'm thinking your voice is not going to carry over all these people. No. And then we get it from Malcolm X's perspective, and I'm right; it doesn't carry. No. But the ability to unify the audience as one solid voice kind of spoke to what Malcolm X was going on the whole film. Absolutely, that you have the power to unify these people in a way that the rest of us really can't, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. music can do that. Yeah. So I thought. Um, that's a, that's a lovely, lovely yeah, scene. It's a great scene. Yeah. Uh, Ethan, you want to throw something up there as your favorite sort of scene or something else that you liked in the film? Yeah. Um, it, it was a short scene, but I think it was a very powerful scene between, uh, Jim Brown and, uh, Malcolm X. And it's, it's after, um, Sam Cooke and Cassius Clay have, have left for a bit. Yeah. And it's just the two of them talking and Jim Brown's like, do you think you do this just because... You're, you're, you're lighter skinned than, than like people like me. And there is this sense of like, not foreboding or judgment, but you can really see it in, uh, Malcolm X's eyes when he's like, when he says that you get more shit from darker skinned people than you do from white people for it. And it was, it was a very interesting conversation to see because it's not one that's brought up a lot. The only time I've seen this uh, is in Dear White People, where like the main character is biracial, and that's like a consistent argument that's had at points that because she's not uh, seen as purely black, then why should she have a voice for it? And I like that they have that dialogue over Malcolm X 
might be lighter skinned than other black people, but he still has a voice. So he's going to power through. Mm. Yeah. It was very, very powerful to the character that Malcolm X represents now. Yeah. Um, it's hard. It's hard to pick one. Um, I think I probably have to go with a song on the tonight show because I had, it's funny because I'm saying this, I did the same thing about Hamilton, where there's a character I totally discredited in act one and they end up like stealing it in act two. And I felt it was the culmination of maybe the most complex character, which is Sam Cooke. The one Mm. who undergoes the greatest change anyway, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. And it represents bravery and courage and um, a man trying to come to peace with what his impact, what his legacy, what his place in the world is. Uh, Malcolm X referred to it as a struggle over and over and over again in the film. And I think the struggle for um sam cook is 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 heavily internal and it is in his mind and we find out later it's been bugging him a lot longer than we're allowed to believe yeah um he just hides it through fancy fancy clothes fast cars and booze because then he then he say about um bob dylan's song blown in the wind when he says i was angry at that song but not the the reasons that malcolm x gave yeah he was angry at the song because he wished he had wrote it yeah i wish i'd written that <laughs> you know yeah yeah um, not and not because he's competitive, but no. because he felt that's something he wanted to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's that. I mean, I mean, I, I got to give a shout out to my favorite joke of of the film, <laughs> which was um, Malcolm X's idea of a party is he's bought them ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> and he goes, "What do you have in there?" Well, I've got vanilla, and he goes, "And I've got." And there's a huge delay, and something to pull out. He's got and more vanilla. And the joke was, "Well, that's ironic." Yeah. <laughs> I did love you laugh. I love that. I also love the one where Cassius Clay is like, oh, yeah, and I didn't even get broke, what, get cracked once. And he just pauses. He's like, wait. And it was like, oh, shit. He's like, I forget how beautiful I look half the time. <laughs> yeah. I really liked in the, um, which is important, you have to like these cases, especially Cassius Clay early. Uh, the bit where he starts pointing at the. Uh, reporters after he's won the fight and goes you told me yeah. you said you were wrong and you were wrong and you were wrong because you said i'd lose and i would lose and oh he's he, i thought he was and malcolm x looks like he's taking pictures of that see malcolm x is the happiest little boy when he's got a camera in his hand he is isn't he he loves that camera that scene where he they're like throwing the camera around and he oh. breaks sort of his facade for a second that was for real and he had that really good uh, face-off between uh, Kareem and Jim Brown. Mm. And Kareem's going to put Jim Brown in this place, and Jim Brown's like, no, you're not. <laughs> and Kareem backs down pretty quick. Um, um, is there anything in this film that's that's, that's kind of like, you might have missed the trick here, or something that's... Uh... Not that I can think of. I think this is, like, expertly well done. Yeah. I can give, like, a single issue really pacing's fantastic especially for a play with just pure dialogue structure's fine it gets Mm -hmm. out in the right place it comes in at the right place i do care about all four characters each of them get a chance to shine shows your flashbacks uh, at the right moments yeah yeah what you need to see what you don't need to see. when i get tired of the four of them in the room it finds reasons to split them up Mm -hmm. it Mm. finds reasons for me to go to the liquor store with cassius and um sam cook yeah Uh, it gives me reasons to go to the roof and the organic reasons. Oh, one scene I want to talk about. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. There's a lovely scene with Malcolm X and his daughter on the phone. Oh, in oh that, I love in that. that. Yeah. Yeah. And that explains why further on 
because at the beginning I was like, why, why is he going to the phone box? And then like two scenes later, it's just, oh, I think everything's been bugged. And you immediately start. Oh, to, he starts to going to all the labs. All of, like, yeah. And he never says I've been bugged. No, but yeah. he just starts fishing as he goes through. And you're going, this is like second nature to this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but here's one. I'll say this is a bit of a grumble. I felt they could have done more with his wife. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, she felt underutilized. But I guess yeah. that, that there isn't the story about him and her. It, it's the four of them. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And, but for the stakes of when like the house gets burnt down and he's feeling, you can see he's feeling guilty or responsible or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. I care a lot more about him and his daughter than I do about him and his wife. Mm. I don't know the actress. I don't know if she was good or bad. I haven't seen her anything else, I don't think. But I was just kind of going, eh. As far, as far as that side of it went, I cared way more about him and his daughter. And they were, but, yeah. but, the, but the movie told me to care more about him and his of daughter because yeah. it gave them the daddy-daughter moment. Mm-hmm. So Maybe, maybe they, they just went time um, for that. Oh, she's in Lovecraft Country. You've just said words. Uh, I have no idea what that yeah, is. No, that's... Uh, there's a there's a show that came out last year called Lovecraft Country and it is absolutely fantastic. Is it? Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I I write it. She's not in it for much, I don't think, but it's a, it's a good it's a good show. I recommend anyone watch it if they have. I think it's HBO. Okay. Cool. Absolutely. So, I, I, I guess in essence, I've been trying to think. Anything else anybody wants to say on the, on, the, on anything we haven't talked about? I think no. the only grumble I could possibly give, and we explain this away immediately was just cinematography is fine and basic but i do not care because that dialogue and everything makes up for it you don't you don't need it i think what is it i can't believe i make this comparison hateful eight is just a play but i do not care cinematography is like pretty basic for a tarantino Mm. film but i don't care because the dialogue and the setting is amazing and this film does the exact same i'll say this characterization through costume it's well done in this. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's well done in this. Sam Cooke has that flamboyant, flashy suit, the sort of like plum-colored, velvety kind of, you know, he is a star. Yeah. He's, he's he got, walks taller for it. He's got the loud. He's loud. Yeah. yeah that's, yeah. that's who he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you've got the workman-like sort of uh, suit of uh, Malcolm X. And then you've got the sort of, I'm sort of halfway between both worlds of Muhammad Ali. And then yeah, just yeah. the straight, I'm a muscly man in a vest. In a, in a in a vest you might say in one country a waistcoat you might say in another but yeah of yeah. of jim brown and he was uh they're all stylish in their own ways mm-hmm. yeah and uh even down to the bow tie security detail <laughs> yeah. which 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 i did appreciate so i thought uh for someone whose eye doesn't usually go for things like costume i was like yeah, i appreciate what they're doing here mm-hmm. but again you just have to wear one costume for the majority of the film i mean i know there were flashbacks number scenes but for the most part that's what you got <laughs> one thing i did like um when um cassius clay is fighting sonny liston and he's getting blood over him and he says i ain't going nowhere near him he's getting blood on my shorts <laughs> Yeah, don't you bleed on my shorts? Yeah, yeah. My mom has to wash these. <laughs> and he goes, your mom washes your shorts? Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was good. Yeah, I did. So, um, that, I, had, that had good elements of humor in it and had seriousness. It yeah. had a good component of everything, didn't it? Here's a question. Favorite performance of the four? Oh, God. As much... He's not my favorite character, but my favorite performance was the guy playing Malcolm X. Okay. My favorite character was jim brown okay that's maybe that's a good way to put it favorite character slash favorite performance that's yeah, cool yeah, yeah, yeah. ethan i am torn between malcolm x and uh sam cook i think 
they both give fantastic performances and also the fact that they're always very much rivaled against each other mm-hmm. the entire time because they are they are foils they are yeah of they are, they are yeah. stark comparisons between each other um but i i think there are just those great scenes where they both get to be quiet i'd go just i've seen leslie odom jr sort of range before so i'm gonna go with malcolm x because I, I I've only seen Kingsley in Noel on Disney Plus, so it was good to you know <laughs> see him do something serious, yeah. and it really really impressed me. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna join Liam in that I thought Jim Brown was my favorite mm. um, was my was my was my favorite character, best performance. Oh, it's so hard. They they're all good. It's well, it's, not, it's it's uh, all due respect. It's not the guy who played Cassius Clay. No. Uh, it's down to Malcolm X and Sam Cooke, and I think that's purposely done because they're oh, so so difficult. Each other. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is, I guess, because he made me overlook him. I will go with Leslie Odom Jr. as Sam Cooke because he does, and I think it's, I, I, I think Ethan's right. I think, I think it's an intentional play mm-hmm. to make me write him off as just the vain pretty boy. Let's go party, yeah. that guy. Uh, just to see the inner workings of what he's dealing with on the inside. But the guy who played Malcolm X, uh, Kingsley Benedict, fantastic. Phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, I suppose that's where I would land on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something like 97% on Rotten wow. Tomatoes. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, out of the, it's, it's, it's according to the current bookie odds, it's predicted to get nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. It's predicted to get nominated for best uh, director. Yeah, it's predicted to get nominated for best actor for Kingsley Benadire. I can see that. But yeah. Leslie Odom Jr. is predicted to win best supporting actor for this. I I, I can I, see it. I was going to say I think you'd have it the the two of them would be nominated for actor and then it seems that it seems they've put yeah. him in as best supporting actor. Yeah, mm-hmm. which 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 is better. Which you is which you, is you don't which, want to be yeah. against which is the studio's choice for who they put yeah. into which category. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cuz I was thinking those two go as the uh the the actors and then the other two would go as supporting. That's but, how I would put it as well. It's quite yeah. ironic how he's last on the cast list on the front of the poster, isn't it? Yeah. You know? I don't know why that is. It could be to keep him. It could. It could be a. It could be purely a idea of who's got the most name recognition. Sam Cook's the bottom. Yeah, but mm. Jim Brown. Most of the, apart from America, North I think. America I think it's the, I think you're. I think you're grossly underestimating the importance of a North American market, though, when it comes to to to, to oh, motion yeah. pictures. Oh, okay. Uh, so that's option one. Option mm-hmm. two is we're gonna actually. This would be very cool if this was the reason. I don't think it is. We're going to purposely keep Malcolm X and Sam Cooke as far apart as we can, even on the poster, to yeah, show the difference like, between. Oh, so we put oh, Muhammad that. Ali right next to Malcolm X, as, as, and it's almost like we are looking at a spectrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Starting yeah. at Malcolm X and moving down to Sam Cooke. Yeah, very true. Actually, I could see them doing that. I yeah. there is a. Lot I would be ridiculously that, impressed if they do. If that's the reason, there is a lot that does go into like post design not loads of posters currently like have that much deep meaningful ones but the ones that do yeah see it and i think that would be that that would make a lot of sense from a design point of view i'd be very curious about that Mm. i would i would but i think we've reached uh the end of our one night in miami do you know what would have been better on the poster the the fact that had um sam cook facing away from the others rather than um, Jim Brown? I guess so. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because 
I'd like to have seen probably Jim Brown in between them. Yeah, I kind of have the spectrum sort of represented in. Yeah. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, there is the idea, though, actually, that we put the more important characters in the center. And so we've yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. if you look at who's in the center, it's Malcolm X, who's taller and given a little bit more of the foreground. But then right beside him, we get uh, Sam Cooke. Yeah. So, but they're not looking at each other. So maybe there's something in that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. You, what you don't want is them, like, like, like arms folded, <laughs> like back to back, like, <laughs> like some bad sitcom. <laughs> you don't want that. It's just like a really, really awkward version of Civil War. Jeez. (laughs) They're just running at each other through the uh, (laughs) motel parking lot. (laughs) No one on either side. They're just like, ah. I want to see that. (laughs) I admit that there was that bit when he's taking the walk to the the phone booth that you were, Liam, you were concerned that maybe we were, because yeah, yeah. you asked me, you said, when does Malcolm X die? And I'm like, I don't remember. No, I'm I think- thinking, I don't think this movie's, I thought this movie was a little bit more nuanced than let's have him I, die in the first act. But I had a whole moment, I was like, is this going to become a murder mystery? Oh, and I was so glad that that was gone from my mind immediately. They probably did that on purpose to make you think. They, oh, they, they want you to feel they want you to feel something's coming yeah, yeah because yeah. he feels something's coming so yeah, it's really yeah. well done yeah i never like i said R- regina king like yeah uh, well done yeah if this is it is her 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 feature debut as a director yeah nailed it absolutely i would very much like to see where her career goes from this because i think she could do some fantastic stuff she'll get signed up from some some mm. studio for ridiculous amounts of money there aren't many directors who have like right off the cuff their their directorial debut be this good like her jordan peele maybe a couple others yeah and if we want to talk about role of women i think we have to we have to consider the fact it's directed by a woman so yeah yeah, the story doesn't give us a lot necessarily but the fact that there's a director who helms this story about four men yeah giddy up well done yeah absolutely yeah so, um, I don't really have a pithy exit line for this one. I, I don't think we kind of have to. Uh, uh, but uh, I'm going to say that one, one more reminder of it, it was a massive see it from all three of us yeah, absolutely. on One Night in Miami. Um, it's a conversation that literally I'm glad I was a fly on the wall to hear this dialogue and these ideologies as the men themselves tried to figure out where they felt they situated in this yeah and where they go in the spectrum yeah absolutely. i think it can help open a dialogue as well for some people who might not be as well versed in that climate certainly which is which is good uh, in the same way that do the right thing is taught i don't think it will be i mean this this play probably is taught as well i know there was someone that was talking to after this that was like that's like a play that i studied in drama and it's fantastic oh really so I, yeah okay uh, which surprised me yeah and i was like that's great that's awesome so uh, re- reach out to us. Let us know what you thought. If you've seen it, uh, so, is there anything that we missed? Is there anything that we should have paid yeah. more attention to? Um, let us know because uh, if you haven't seen it, it's, if you have Prime, go see it. Like you're not going anywhere. Almost everything's locked down. Yeah. Have a night in. It's not a long watch. It's an hour and 50 and just watch it. It's just a fantastic piece of um, dramatic literature turned into a, tr- a terrific film. Mm-hmm. When we saw... T- uh, sorry. Tenet. Wow. When we saw Tenet, <laughs> I was kind of just peeking on my phone every so often, and that was what, like a two hour film? Yeah. This one, I just sat there and I was engrossed and I moved my phone. Like, I was just like, this, they had my full attention from the get go. Excellent. Which I like with films when I'm watching them from home. 
And there's that idea about viewing conditions when you watch a film. I was just talking about it with class this week and the idea that, you know, how do you watch a film and what does that do to your engagement and your buy-in to a film? Because um, we go see movies in a cinema. We turn the lights off. We're not supposed to talk to each other. We're not supposed to have the phones out. And how much do we look at it then? That's the one thing. And it would be a crime if someone just went, ah, it's, a, it's, it's an Amazon original movie. Or, ah, it's just, you know, if it doesn't come out in theaters, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not important enough. This is an important enough film to watch. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. So go ahead. Have a good night. It's a, it'll make you think. It'll make you think. And it'll make oh, you feel. Yeah. Make you feel. More, more, more so than think. It'll make you feel. So that's it from us. So for best film ever, I've been Ian. I've been Liam. And I've been Ethan. And thanks for joining us for See It or Skip It. We'll catch you on the flippity flop. The flippity flip flop. Oh, no, we weren't, we, we weren't recording. <laughs> oh, Ethan. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? <laughs>